Um, I'm really, really delighted uh, today to welcome Abby Williams uh, joining the uh, webinar. So, Abby, it's great to have you with Thank us. Thank you. Thank you. If it's all right, Abby, I'm just going to give a little bio and then you can kind of extend it or reduce it depending on, on what you uh, think. But um, just wanted to say, Abby, you're, um, so you and I got to know each other probably about six, seven years ago mm-hmm. um, when you were at uh, or LinkedIn. In, LinkedIn in yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just been amazing watching your journey as a business leader, a public speaker, now an author, as well as a business owner. I think 17 years working with tech uh, organizations like Oracle, LinkedIn, Facebook, and lately, uh, is it Udemy? Is that how we Udemy. Uh, Udemy, how you say yeah. it? Yeah. And then um, uh, bringing out the book, um, uh, 10 Traits of Great Leadership That Are Often Overlooked. I love that title because you know exactly what it says on the tin. You know what you're going to get. It's, it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, it makes you want to read more because you're like, well, what are those 10? So that's a great, good, good marketing line there. Thank you, make you Thank want you. to read on. And also you're now um, CEO and, and founder of Lead Not Lag. Correct. A new organization. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about just just enrich that a little bit. Tell us a bit about your journey and, and then bring us up to date with Lead Not Lag. Okay, so I'm Abby Williams. I've spent, I'm based in Dublin, Ireland. Welcome to my home. I've spent um, the, over the last probably 17 years, about 30 years here in, here in Ireland, um, working with you know, tech companies in revenue, um, leadership, um, capacity, growing um, revenues for these companies, growing the teams and scaling, um, scaling um, teams, building managers, building people, um, building competencies. So it's been a great um, journey, a journey, exciting ones. Um, it's not without ups and downs, um, as you know yourself, um, but it's, it's been a, a great time of learning and just learning what works in building businesses and growing businesses. And now um, as a founder of Lead No Lag, I work with um, companies, growth startups and enterprise companies actually um, really helping them grow their business, um, helping them grow their leadership um, capacity as well, because I'm really passionate about ensuring that the up and coming um, businesses do better yeah. than the existing ones. So yes. There you Fantastic. Go. And, and just for everyone listening, and, and by the way, thank you for joining us on this cold Thursday uh, lunchtime. Um, you know, Abby's the real deal. I got to see her in her setting at LinkedIn in, in Dublin when I was I was trying to convince you to go with Impulse. You didn't, by the way, but we stayed friends anyway. And, um, and to be fair, I think LinkedIn bought, is it, who was it they bought? Was it Glint or? Glint, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, you know, I was really, really impressed watching you in your setting and seeing the impact you were having in terms of leadership uh, and the influence you had with those senior leaders in that organization. And just such a rich background, but also I was really um, wanting to get Abby on because I think what you bring to the people space and to the engagement and leadership conversation is quite a commercial edge. And um, that's quite often missing. I think it would be fair for everyone listening that sometimes it can kind of um, not be put front and center, although that is beginning to change. And I think a lot of um, people directors and people within the HR world are realizing, look, if we, if we want to have more influence, mm-hmm. we've got to really um, connect this to, to the financials and to the impact it can have for our company positively. So that's part of the, the reason I want to get in. And we've got a really packed agenda for everyone today. So just give some highlights. We're going to be going through some of the, some of the lessons. Uh, that from, and we're looking at culture, leadership and engagement. And the reason for that is they all intersect, right? You can't start talking about culture and what you value and how you want to behave without then talking about leadership and, mm-hmm. and the role that leadership plays in influencing that. And then you can't stop talking about you've got to connect into engagement and the impact that has of engaging people. So um, we kind of felt like let's bring it all together. That's partly as well, because Impulse, whilst we lead with our engagement um, uh, platform, we do a lot now in uh, coaching leaders and we're doing more and more in culture programs. And we'll share a bit more about that because it's really going up again. We're seeing people people revaluing and really re-looking at their culture as being a point of differentiation uh, in in the workplace. So we're going to be talking about some of the lessons from 2022. Uh, We're then going to go and look into 2023 and go, what should you be focused on? Um, I think Abby's going to give us uh, hopefully one or two books that we should be reading towards the end, uh, share with us, not least her own. You've got two authors on, but I'm not going to lie. I think if you were to buy one book this Christmas, I'd go get 10 traits of great leadership that often overlooked. Whilst, of course, I think... The engagement revolution is good. I would encourage you to to go and um, 
get Abby's, Abby's book first. Um, but before we do, if it's all right, and uh, uh, Abby obviously knows it's going to happen, um, I just wanted to bring um, my colleague Jodie in, who I'm going to bring in in a moment, who works on the Insight team, because we've just got a couple of really interesting uh, bits of insight um, around uh, line managers and what we saw over this year. So, um, Jodie, great to have you join us for, for, for five minutes. Jodie's actually maxed out, and I said to her about <laughs> 10 minutes ago, Jodie, would you mind joining? It'd be awesome just to share some of the, the data we're seeing. So, again, Hope this is really helpful. Don't worry, you will be sent um, all, all these slides uh, afterwards. But Jody, why don't you just talk us through? Because we're talking about leadership and line manager, and I, I, we learned some really interesting, kind of powerful things uh, this this year. So why don't you just? I'll let you share. Yeah, absolutely. So the line manager role has become so pivotal pivotal when it comes to engagement. It's such a key engagement factor. We've collected huge amounts of data on this across all our clients from a variety of sectors. And um, what we've looked at is because we know the role has elements that are more transactional, such as uh, more typical line manager tasks, such as distributing workload, uh, managing teams. But actually, we've got to also look at the more relational factors that relate to uh, making sure people feel empowered to get on with their work and also the role modelling the types of behaviours that we want to see and the values within the organisation as well. So. Pulling together all of our data, we looked at nine different elements of the line manager role to see how each impacts engagement, as we wanted to know, well, where do we really need to focus? Line managers have many tasks that they're responsible for. How do we pinpoint that and refine that and say to organisations, look, this is where you need to focus. This is where you can have the greatest impact on how engaged people are. So on the left hand side here, you can see some of the different elements that we looked at, such as um, demonstrating the company values, keeping people well informed. And when we take all of these different elements here, the two that come out on top really interestingly are around feeling trusted to get on with the job and supported in my role. So we need line managers that are balancing these two skills, which if we think about what those two mean, they are juxtaposed to each other, that we want to be trusted to get on. So we want to be left alone, empowered to go away and do things, but also supported. So we know we've got someone there um, to help us. And actually, when we look at the impact that these have on engagement, it's really staggering. So the first one on trust, for people that feel trusted, we've got an engagement index score of 81% versus for those who do not feel trusted by their line manager, just 28%. Wow. So it's a staggering difference, 53 percentage points, which shows the huge impact that this uh, particular factor can have. Very similar picture when we look at support, we've got a 52 percentage point difference there as well. So coming in very closely behind um, trust there. So these two factors, if we take these into uh, consideration with the bigger picture, also worth thinking about the evolution in terms of ways of working that we've seen over the last few years. We know that this has become more and more important. So the key management competencies such as um, listening, keeping people informed, giving feedback, these are all still very much required, very much part of the role that we cannot overlook. But actually they're just the tip of the iceberg, they're what we see on the surface when it comes to engagement. And potentially we would class these skills as being more measurable as well in some contexts. They're more visible day to day. People might be more aware of whether these things are happening in the organization. But actually when we look at the most engaged teams and the highest performing teams, what really underpins this are these uh, relational factors of feeling uh, trusted, having that support, building that sense of empowerment within the teams and make, allowing people to take that, have that sense of ownership and encouraging them um, along the journey with that. Jody, thank you. That was fantastic. Really, really appreciate. Um, just, just stay here one moment in case there's any questions. Um, I really hope everyone, um, that I thought was a great way to start, just some really interesting insight. And Abby, I'd love to get your perspective on, uh, does that chime? I saw lots of nodding of head through that. What, what's your view on this, This the, the key role of the line manager and also this support, but also trust? Yeah, um, I'm so delighted that this is stuff that we're talking about. And I feel like as a society and as a profession, we need to talk more about this, right? So typically what we see in an organization is you have the line manager in the middle mm. that doesn't get any investment or training or attention. Everybody above requires so much from them. 
everybody below requires so much from them. So the line manager is in this position um, of exhaustion. And you know, no surprises why it's difficult for them to be their best self or do their the, the best work, right? Um, and this affects revenue. It affects people. People don't feel trusted. People don't, um, 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 don't feel like the line manager care. People are not doing their best work. So it affects revenue of the business. The bosses above are requiring everything from these line managers. There's no support for the line manager. There's no training. There's no coaching. And they're not getting it. So therefore, they're not giving it. Mm, yes. In sales organization, we, we do a lot of training for salespeople. But a lot of managers are not trained. Yeah. They're not trained. We don't do it. And this is why I do a lot of leadership workshop for, for leaders, for managers to understand what does it actually mean when we talk about um, trust, supporting your team, um, given knowing when to coach, mm. who to mentor, and who to delegate? Mm. What does coaching actually mean? Because a lot of you know some managers think it's telling the employees what to do. Yeah. That's the mentoring is telling and um, telling somebody, teaching somebody based on your experience. Coaching is asking the right questions for the person to come up, come to their own solutions, right? A lot of man, line managers are not trained, so I'm not surprised at these stats. And then the other final thing I'll finish with is, it's re, you know, one thing I talk about in the book is leading by love in chapter one. And what that really means is just being yourself, your personal great self, hopefully, in life and in work. So a lot of people, a lot of managers feel like because I'm a manager, I have to be a certain way. I have to come across a certain way and I have to demonstrate my authority or, you know, lead by my authority. Mm. But at home, they're more patient, yeah. they're caring, they're caring individuals. Um, yeah. But at work, they're just like, hey, where's the work? You know, there's no how you're doing in one-to-ones, check in with the team and so on. So it's really um, helping them know that, actually what employee want employees yeah. want is the real self yes yes really i love the way you put that. yeah i love the way you put that. i'm just going to bring jody in because that squeeze middle that's the what we refer to to line managers as i thought you put that really well the squeeze middle i, yeah. I always think my middle son who's constantly like i've got my older brother who's better than me and my younger brother gets more attention I'm, and that's i always think line managers are a bit like like yeah. that getting pressure from the above what, what's mm. our view on sort of that squeeze middle because i know we've talked mm. about it quite a lot Absolutely. What we're, what we're seeing is really interesting, particularly with our focus on emotions and we, when we're looking at how managers feel, we can compare that to um, how team members and how senior leaders are feeling. And with the line manager group, we see the highest levels of commitment, which shows that they, they really want to be doing a good job, particularly personal commitment. They're, they're really enthused by the role, but actually they also have the highest levels of stress. Yeah. So that wanting to do a good job and all that extra pressure is really resulting in them feeling that their workload is unmanageable. Again, mm -hmm. they're the group that um, score highest on things like not feeling that they can achieve a healthy work-life balance, um, not feeling that they are able to cope with their workload and feeling overstretched and most likely to reach burnout through that. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks, Judah. I'll let you go now. I know you had to, <laughs> lots of other things to do, but appreciate you joining. So just, just building on that, and for everyone um, uh, listening, I think there's something really key here, and Abby, I want to get, get your view on this, which is, um, firstly, um, you, you talked about um, actually their key role. They're like the hinge on the door. They're between the sort of the, the organisation and the employees. So their role is so, so Beautiful. vital, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then, as you, you rightly said, like, um, how much coaching versus uh, training, and there is a real difference, like training for me is, you know, go and learn how to do a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. you know, um versus the softer skills the coaching which is asking a question you know what makes you a good listener mm -hmm. you know why do you think you sometimes can be distracted from from work if, if that's an issue going on with them you know but asking that more open question mm -hmm. what's holding you back from being better yeah um, what does good look like mm -hmm. um, which um the way i would describe that i'm interested in your view is like the reason i think people go for training and mentoring is it's a bit like having a mars bar it gives you an instant hit and, and you kind of go, ooh, you know, I, I had an instant here, I got something. But the problem is, just like a Mars bar or any kind of chocolate, it's pretty short-lived, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily see the shift. Whereas coaching is a bit like having more fruit, right? Yeah. Where you don't necessarily feel like it's doing you any good. And you, but you, but you, if you wait long enough, <laughs> you'll realise actually it's done you some, some real good. Um, mm -hmm. So it takes a bit longer with coaching, and you don't necessarily get the instant, but you sometimes get some aha moments, but often it takes just that little bit longer because you're making them do the work. What's, what's your view on that? 
Yeah, I think that there are different ways to do it, right? Um, you know, the easy way is just to tell the person what to do. Yes. But then um, that's you saying that your way or that way is the best way. So it's really coaching is really us working together to explore what could be an excellent way. And what you're doing by that is you're tapping into the, the creativity of the person. And that's the role of the manager is to tap into the creativity of your team and the diversity of your team that they didn't even know was there. It's, it's your ability to bring that up. That's actually the role of a manager, not necessarily just tell people what to do, how to do it and keep going. So, um, Dan, thank you. Um, Abby, thanks for the answer. We, we've, we've had um, a question already in, and please do uh, put your questions in as we, we go. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out quite a controversial, potentially, um, uh, thought, and, and Abby, I'd love to get your view, and it sort of links to what Dan's written here, which is, do you find that a lot of people are still promoted to managers because they're good at their role? Uh, in other words, they've got some kind of skill, uh, and then they're just expected to be a manager. And, and just kind of adding to that, Abby, while you're thinking about that answer, mm -hmm. So where I've got to is um, in 2022 and maybe for the last X number of years, there really are no line managers anymore. There are only leaders. And then this idea, because manager, unfortunately, when we use that word, it, 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 if you're anyone over 30 and you've read any books, um, it refers to basically doing a task. And mm -hmm. the point of the manager was they focused on the task, right? Mm -hmm. And they took all these people in their team and they said let's achieve this task together mm -hmm. whereas I look now and, and you know we work with you know up to 100 companies right almost all what are deemed line managers are actually they've got to inspire people they've got to motivate them they've got to coach them um they've got to uh, um get them involved in the purpose they've got to live the values and yes. thing. but when we refer to them as line manager it almost diminishes or it reduces that's probably a better word it reduces their actual role which is really to be a, a, an influential leader in mm -hmm. their area absolutely what, what's what's your thoughts on that yeah, that's that's the ideal but <laughs> the reality is we have 99 percent of managers in fact maybe managers line managers maybe we should say supervisors yeah that's the reality of what we see because this yeah. is what they've learned yeah remember that people are doing they've learned from their manager who just managed by spreadsheets who just demanded who just um, expected to do it this way because I said so kind of yeah. leadership. That's what they've learned in terms of what good looks like. And that's what they're demonstrating. And because a lot of um, organizations don't do a lot enough investment to yeah. show what good looks like to deculture what these managers have learned, um, it's like a cycle that just keeps going around, around, around. So for example, during my career, I've been privileged to learn from terrible lead, uh, managers and great managers, right? Um, from those terrible managers, I learned what not to be doing. But some people learned and thought maybe that's the way it is. So they pretty much watch that and mirror that and do exactly the same, same thing, right? So you have, um, to wrap that up, you have people who have been back to that question. You have people who maybe are high performers and be promoted to a manager without training. Yeah. And you have people who have learned from the wrong, they've learned the wrong way yeah. So these are the kind of managers that we have, um, unfortunately, that dominates um, yeah. the manager circle. Yeah, That's why we need more training, we need more development, and they need more focus in, yeah. and, and um, investment um, yeah. in order to become what they can be and what good looks like, and that which is that leader that we talk yeah. about. Yeah, and I just, just picking up on what Dan said, and I know you've answered that uh, to a degree, what he, he said. Um, Dan, certainly we see in a lot of the organisations we work with, people are being promoted because they were good at the skill. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were good within their department. And it was like, well, you know, hopefully they can do it. And actually, well, the interesting bit is in quite a lot of cases, the real leader is in the department and is influencing, but just doesn't have the badge or the title. But because they're maybe not as good as, at the say accountancy skill or the building skill or whatever it might be mm -hmm. um, they don't necessarily get looked at to be a leader but actually people go to that person because they're more influential they're better at inspiring they listen better they ask better questions yeah and they're uh, givers you know um and that's how i know you know when i'm running an organization i look at those that naturally care about the team goal those that just it just naturally comes to them to ask certain questions in terms of abby how are we performing um people that just naturally care about that you can see the you know the natural leadership tendencies um yeah. versus a high performer that's just been promoted into a leadership role and then also the role of a leader leader is a is a selfless role 
Yes. It's a role that carries other people and is a thankless role most yeah. of the time, right? Um, and that's why it's important who we select into those roles because yeah. what we find is if you promote an individual um, performer, top performer yeah. into a leadership role, they're used to doing things their way and it's their thing, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they understand that leadership is about others. It's not about you anymore. Now you're not managing just your goals or just your targets. Now you have to do it through people and you can't control everything. And that's a different kind of competency. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. I love uh, Hannah's put a question here. Hannah's such a, this is, this is like, if you were to get to the nub of the issue, within corporate world about growth because we've been talking about come on we need to help them grow and improve and i said we have so many managers that we want to develop as coaches to take their management leadership to the next level but with such busy workloads and so many of them how do you even go about starting that and Hannah, i would say like uh so in a lot of the coaching workshops we run we go you know what's what's the one thing that's going to get in the way of you growing and developing and 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 um progressing in your leadership and they all get there eventually. You go, it's diary. It's the, it's the time, right? It's the number one um, factor that stops them. And so um, they kind of go, so Matt, what's the magic bullet? And they're all like, they're waiting, you know, on 10 as they go, there is a magic bullet. Change your diary. Like there is literally no other way to do it. No one likes that answer, by the way. Everyone looks really depressed at that point. Because you go, there is literally no other way than you have to take some things out because you'll have meetings in, you will most most people in corporate world live their life by their diary, right? Um, and until someone's willing to go, I've got to take some things out to grow and learn, um, and actually put in different types of meetings, meetings where I'm actually leading people through mm-hmm. influence, through asking questions, um, through inspiring, through conversation, through listening. Um, uh, until people start to change what's in the diary. And how much is in the diary? I, I don't see. I'd love to know your view. I mean, is there a is there a magic bullet that you know of? Yeah. I, um, how, so how I did it and how I believe um, where I think the, the 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 impact happens is actually from top down. So you know when I was running my organization, the commercial organization at Udemy, um, as firstly it comes from hiring. It comes from okay, what am I trying to achieve? What are my strengths and what are the, my gaps and what kind of um, high, um, leaders and managers and directors are needed in order to achieve this goal? So clarity of vision, clarity of the culture that you're trying to build and clarity of how you're going to execute that culture. Then clarity of the type of hiring that you need in order to make that happen and to build the kind of culture. Because I know that diversity and inclusion is a culture that it's not a nice to have, but it's a need to have for successful business, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm hiring and looking for leaders, I'm looking for you know um, those kind of competencies and understanding and so on. And as these leaders come in, there's a there's a um, there's a conversation around. Look, here's our culture. Here's what we do, and here's what we don't do. Here's how we lead, and here's how we don't lead. Right. Um, so that clarity has to come from the top in terms of. Um, Here's here's the culture of the organization. Here's the vision. Here's what we're trying to achieve, and continue to hold all of us, each other accountable for that. And then also, if somebody um, maybe shows up, like, you know, in the past, when if one of my managers showed up, showed up to an employee, not in the culture that we're trying to drive, which is a people-centric culture, we're going to have a conversation in regards to that, a coaching conversation to go, hey, you know, um, what happened? What do you think we can learn from this? How do you think we can, you know, um, avoid this the next time and so on and so forth, right? For example, I had a, you know, I got feedback about a manager because um, I do skip, I used to do skip levels with different teams and so on just to get the temperature and the pulse, the impulse of the organization. Nice. And I got a feedback about a manager, a director, um, about this manager, this person was sick and I guess they wanted a bit of empathy and compassion around being sick, but this manager just went straight for the task. Hey, can you deliver this? And so on and so forth. So we had that conversation and that manager was probably just in the motion, right? They didn't realize it, but however, bringing this awareness to them in those conversations, um, you know, that's where we drive the impact. However, if you as a leader don't value those kind of things, yeah. Of course, you're not going to expect that from your team and you're not going to drive that accountability. So I truly believe that it comes from top down. But sadly, a lot of people at the top don't lead this way, don't value these things, and they don't even understand how this ties into driving yeah. a successful business. Because at the end of the day, engaged people yeah. do their best work. 
Yeah. If your people are not engaged, if they're not uh, feeling cared for, if they're not feeling a part of the purpose, if they if you're not managing the whole person, the business is not going to happen. <laughs> it's yeah. not magic. Yeah, and that's such a it's a good just reminder as we come up to the halfway point. Can't believe we're already already halfway through. Is that um, engaged people do their best work? And we, uh, uh, Jody, set out um, at the beginning that actually they're two point three times more likely to be engaged. Um, if, if they've connected well with their line manager, if the line manager is supporting them and trusting them. And I was also interested in that juxtaposition because it, um, a lot of people can't cope with um, uh, um, having an and. They need a, it's one or the other rather than an and. And so it's trust and support. Uh, and, and I find that sometimes um, the, the grey, if I can put it like that, people don't like necessarily living in, in, in the grey, which is it's not, uh, it's not this or it's not that. It's not one way or the other. It's both. And so this, you know, we were fascinated when we saw this data come out um, from over 50,000 points of data from across uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. And it was saying really clearly people are looking for their manager to uh, trust them and let them get on. And it is get on with the job. And then there was this absolutely almost beside it, as she said, 52, 53 percent saying yeah. alongside it. But also be there and support me. And, and you and I, I mean, I mean, we've been in enough coaching conversations, you know, at that point, the manager goes, I mean, what do they want? What do they want? Do they want me to trust them or do they want to trust them? So how do we help manage? Because there's a maturity of conversation there that goes, this is an and moment. Yeah. Uh, it's trust and support. It isn't one or the other. And, and we're complex human beings, but how, yeah. how, how do you help help them? And everyone yeah. else? Um, it's, it takes me back to what I call versatile leadership. It's really, it's not a plug and play. And what you find a lot of managers do is they try to lead every, if you have a team of 10 people, you can't lead everybody the same way. And that's why it's important to get to know your individual people. What are their fears? What are their goals? What makes them think? Like really spend that time building trust. Then you're going to understand that, okay, um, John comes to me when he needs help. So if he's quiet, that's him just doing his thing. He, yeah. He's very open. He knows where to come when he needs help. You know them well enough. Yeah. Exactly. You know them well enough. You know that, okay, you know, um, Sarah is the kind of person that I need to check in often with Sarah to see how she's doing and so on. Maybe she's a little bit introver- introverted. Um, I need to be proactive there. Um, and then when I reach out to her, then she'll open up and tell me about what's going on, right? It's really about knowing your different individuals and then adapting your style yeah. to yeah. What, the, what the individual needs to do yeah. the best work. But a lot of managers, that's that sounds like too much work for a lot of managers. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's again, it's the harder way out, so they don't do it. Have you have you ever done this, Abin? For the, everyone listening, um, I wonder if you've done this. Where at some point in your uh, working life, you just did let go of some stuff and you stopped doing it, whatever that task was, and the world didn't collapse, and actually you discovered you did have a bit more time. And, and the reason I raise it is going back to this time thing that Hannah sort of talked about. Um, you know, we, we work with lots of clients who go, basically, they're a little immature in their culture of engagement. So they see that engagement sits with either HR, people team, or it sits with the exec. And we go, there's a truth to that. Yeah, you know, they have some role to play, but actually it's within the team. And yeah. the point of transformation in any organization is the team. Like, yeah. candidly, it doesn't matter what the top person says. Yeah. Until it, I mean, I think our government is just a great example of that. They're pulling levers all over the place and nothing's happening. Everyone's going, yeah, whatever, we'll do what mm-hmm. we want. Because until you've got the team leaders actually um, leading and influencing and guiding and facilitating and, and, and listening, mm-hmm. nothing nothing really changes. Yeah. What I'd add to that is I think it's back to clarity of the goal. Yeah. Right? So, you know, in my organization, we all know what the, our five priorities are. So anything that is not driving towards that goal, we all know what it is, (laughs) you know, anything, any activity that is not connected to that goal of maybe X amount of engagement rate for our organization, which is our people, X amount of revenue, um, you know, that contributes to our goal and so on. So any meetings or any extracurricular activities, um, my leaders know that it's not priority because we all have that clarity of what our vision is and what our goals are and what our priorities are. And that helps to um eliminate or not feel like there's certain meetings that my leaders were supposed to show up but they didn't show up and I didn't hold them accountable to show up because yeah. I know that it's not priority right so it's as leaders it's important that you help your teams um help them know what priorities are or what yeah. priority is because some people feel bad they see something in the calendar they feel like they need to show up but it's about empowering people to go wait hold on a minute is this meeting adding to my 
objectives. Yeah. And well, question that and be okay. Yes. Yes, which requires a trusting culture where you can do that and people don't take yeah. offence or their ego gets in the way and they go, they're having yeah. a go at me. No, I'm just asking you a question. Yeah. Um, so so we just start building on that. And again, for everyone listening, um, I'd really encourage you to go into 2023, right? Um, it, it needs um, insurgents who are going to challenge and again, I, I don't know any other way. There's lots of ways to challenge, right? You can do it in a really soft, gentle way. You can do it in a really yeah. direct, you know. So we, we understand that. And hopefully everyone listening understands there's lots of different ways to challenge. But to, to be insurgents within their organisations to go, some of what we're doing is frankly ridiculous. Because it's just something you said there, Abby, and I was thinking about, we've been in a number of pitches recently where they've sort of sent us um, their seven values, their five pillars, their, their promise. <laughs> Uh, their DNA, uh, their golden thread there. And I'm like, shit, excuse my French. I'm, I'm like, is this a joke? Like, I, I'm a reasonably intelligent person, right? And I have no idea what their goals are, particularly when it comes to people. Mm-hmm. And everyone's acting like it's normal. I'm like, somebody has to go, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. Like, And also, um, I'd be interested to know, like, the best, because you work with some amazing organisations, Oracle, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, what... This this kind of clarity, as you said, of, of of vision, but also like the goals, particularly when it comes to people, like what they're trying to achieve. Is it true that the the less you have, the more you can focus and get on? Is that you know, am I am I wrong in saying that? Um, I don't know if it's the less you have. Um, I think it's just back to the clarity of the of the of the of the plan, mm. clarity of execution, clarity of communication. Um, rewarding and recognizing and knowing what when you hit certain milestones and ensuring that everybody's following following this and executing to this and most importantly it's been co-created so it's not my plan it's our plan yeah right um so we're executing together celebrating together i think it has to do with clarity of that versus the people. well well so let me let me try this because i i i fully agree around the clarity clarity it's hard to be clear when you've got 24 (laughs) <laughs> like 24 you know objectives I, I think that makes it quite hard to be clear yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. that's certainly one of the issues we've seen over 2022 is in, in in the positive intention of wanting to deal with some of the cultural issues that they're facing and engagement and leadership mm-hmm. um, organizations we've seen over the year have come up with you know the DNI targets the new values that potentially have been worked bottom up um, but but all of that then doesn't create clarity I think I think you're helping me <laughs> and hopefully those listening it's like yeah. it's actually just created a bit of a muddle and, and individually if you look to each and go oh it's really clear what we're doing there mm-hmm. really clear what we're doing there but then you try and tell that story to a thousand plus or even 500 plus employees and everyone's like you know yeah what yeah. then how does it join up and how does it add up and I think that that's it's almost like we've, we're, we're over complicating and we're making it more complex I think that's the point I'm wondering if you've seen that too that sort of yeah I, I think when I say clarity I mean you know firstly I, I tend to think think in three maximum five yeah, yeah. anything Brilliant. right Brilliant. um and then um it's really about what is it and what it's not because if you say your culture is let's say move fast that means different things to different people. So I always encourage, you know, people leaders, um, um, CHROs, and you know, um, leaders in general to really have that continuous dialogue of, hey, John showed up this way. This is what we mean when we say move fast. This person showed up this way. This is not what we mean when we say move fast, right? So that consistent, um, you know, communication of what good looks like and what good doesn't look like as well um, is super important because people are coming in with their own different filters, with their own different, and we're just leaving it for them to assume what we mean by these values that we've written on the walls. And then exemplifying that as well and celebrating it you know, celebrate the behaviors that you want to see in people. Hey, you know, you know, one of the um, key values that was important for me when I was running the organization at Udemy was winning together. So when I saw people sharing and when I saw people sharing what's working for them, going out of their way to help somebody else, you know, it was important to celebrate that moment going, listen, you know, this is not you achieving your targets. I, I appreciate the fact that you went out of your way to do X, you know, because that's the way to get that person to do more of that. You have to pause and recognize it. 
Yeah, no, really, really like that. You're, you're sparking another thought in my mind, which was about, um, so I love that clarify the win as well. What, what does it mean to win? And then mark the moment. Yeah. Uh, again, everyone listening, I'd really encourage you to look at 2023 and go, are we marking the moment? Again, we work with a number of clients this year who, who achieved some really great things and they didn't yeah. really mark the moment. There was no kind of, um, you know, sort of pause point to go, wow, well done us. We yeah. got to this place whether yeah. that's an achievement on a score and on their engagement survey, or whether that was, you know, they pulled the values together, whatever it might be. So just, I'm going to change things up a little bit with only 20 minutes left. And we're going to, we're going to hear from Abby about some uh, books she's going to recommend. Uh, I'm going to tell you toward the end, what the engagement average score was and whether it's gone up or down compared to 2021. So stick with us. Uh, we've got about, yeah, say 15 minutes left, but uh, five lessons from Impulse. I'd love to just get your view on these, that we, as we've looked back over 2022, what we've seen uh, mm -hmm. across all our clients, across lots of different industries and uh, in, in, in most um, regions of the world. First one is this thing of, we are starting to see, uh, how I'm doing is, you know, uh, line managers are dead, long live the leader. Uh, and whether it's a team leader or whether it's the organizational leader, um, we are seeing people more and more kind of going, we we've got to coach them we've got to train them like we're starting to see a real that has, that probably hasn't been on the agenda for seven eight years in the way mm -hmm. i'm seeing it now really recognizing we've got to invest it is the leaders we create and i'm, I'm gonna give my little thing on this i'd love to know yours what your, your view of this is my thing is forget everyone who's been there and a the leader whatever i would focus on work on the next 10 years and go and get everyone that you're bringing in i'm not talking an age thing here whether they're 21 mm -hmm. or 61 but bring those people in and start really working on them early before yeah. they've got a few years already in but i'd love to know what, what about this long live the the leader but the line manager's dead yeah I, I i totally agree and i think our world our world is waking up to what good looks like so employees are actually pushing for better leadership right you know um i've left, left certain companies because i'm like no that's not what good leadership look like looks like and i don't deserve that so bye Right. Um, so, you know, yeah. So people are in the know of what good looks like. So they're rejecting that old school, archaic, um, non-people centric um, leadership, actually. So I think, you know, in the future, it's not even going to be a nice to have if you're not leading the right way. Um, people are not just going to follow you because nobody's desperate now to stay in any job or stay in any company. We're all aware of our values. We're all, all a lot more purpose driven. And so I, mean, I always think, what, what were we doing in our 20s? Why did it take Gen Z and millennials to wake up to this? Like, you know, when we were being beaten over the head and told. Yeah, we were just we were just robots. You know, just doing what we're told. <laughs> <laughs> I look back, like some of the things I did, you know, months and months of working 16, 17 hour days, you know, and and, and feeling bad if I left at like 8 p.m. because the leader was still, I can still see him at his desk. <laughs> Who's leaving? <laughs> to be honest, I was always a troublemaker anyway, so I never, I never. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's how we connected because I only did five years of corporate and then I told them what I really thought and they didn't seem to take well to that. But that was part of it. I was young and immature and hadn't worked out how to say it in an interesting <laughs> way. I just told them straight. Second one, uh, for those, uh, everyone's still on. We've, we've kept, thank you, by the way, to everyone. Great to see so many of you. In fact, we stayed pretty much at the number uh, of people who joined. So that's awesome. Uh, culture is back on the agenda. So 2022, there is no doubt we have seen people are looking to create culture and workplaces that attracts the talent they need and helps them retain the talent they have. And thankfully, we're really thrilled with this. We've seen a lot of culture uh, workshops a lot of when we say culture for me I define that as what we value as an organization mm -hmm. and therefore how we behave mm -hmm. um, but I'd love to see what's your view of 2022 around culture yeah totally agree with that um I, you know it's culture is going to move to it, culture for me it's how you do what you do it's how you show up it's how you show up to your employees in good and bad times it's how you show up to your clients it's how you pick your investors it's how you show up to your, your board meetings it's just how you show up every day right um and it People are watching, right? You know a leader who's just talking culture but not leading by culture, especially when things are difficult, right? Um, that's where the toys, you throw the toys out the pram and then all of a sudden- squeezed. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, um, and I think um, our society is waking up to this. You know, people don't, they want to work for a company that truly lives its values and culture. So yeah, totally agree with that. Very good. Third one is um, work being uh, work workload and well-being have been still a huge issue in 2022. Um, so one of our biggest issues on all the surveys comes out of um, people got too much work. 
and it's very much linked to the because we ask emotion question how mm. do you feel and the, the range of 12 emotions and it's really linked to stress um and so and we've seen stress be pretty high this year and the theme being um workload and and part of it for us what we're seeing is this constriction in the job market uh particularly in 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 europe and america mm-hmm. uh, around there's just not enough people to hire to do the roles that are needed so therefore you know you're ending up doing probably one below you and maybe half above you and then your own as, as well have you seen this sort of workload and stress in 2022 yeah um and you know the call i think or, or what i'm seeing is people have to define or put create their own boundaries because the, the fact is with organization your shareholders want more your organizations want more they want more everybody's it's never going to reduce they're never going to want less right so this is a work that you almost have to do for yourselves and when i coach companies i talk to them about having you know um mental apps there's so many mental health great um apps out there like oliver and you know different kind of apps right so it's really trying to bring attention to that and lead by example right um you know in my in my previous organizations i'll, I'll catch people out on the holidays you need to take a holiday in fact let's go together you know um i'd be very vulnerable in terms of hey I'm, i don't feel well today or i i don't want to be here today you know letting people know that it's okay to feel that way it's okay not to be awesome every day yeah. so pretty much leading by that example and really um and and all of that again contributes to um a successful business because again yeah. a well and whole human yeah. delivers the best work yeah yeah it's really interesting when you you know i know it sounds really obvious this but when you think about those two words well and being you know am i being well is my being well yeah and and um having a vulnerability listening to you there um it's really difficult for leaders to, to have a vulnerability i remember uh was it um antonio i forget his last name uh lloyd's the ceo who came out and said actually um was it a bit of depression or stress and that was seen as quite a like a significant i remember the bbc cover going you know he's one of the first ceos to ever say um that he's he's feeling this way mm-hmm. uh, i don't know the ins and outs so you know i'm not going to get that but i thought it was interesting that it's you know we're starting to see a bit more of that yeah um, happening which allows and other people to be vulnerable absolutely it's a sign of strength and then also you're just saying i'm a person as well just like you i have feelings i have ups i have downs i have issues just like yeah. you yeah so let me let me go to the fourth one we're seeing inclusion and empowerment are increasing in 2022 so they've gone up about Overall, our um, survey's gone up about three percentage points. So again, for everyone on the call, well done to you if you've been a part of that, because we know, particularly since George Floyd's murder, um, across the corporate world, there was a real desire, um, starting desire to make a, make a difference, to look at diversity inclusion. Um, as truly awful as it was, there's no doubt it was, um, it, it sped up conversations and it mm-hmm. actually led to probably things happening that may have taken another three, four years to yeah. occur. Um, which, um, whilst there's a long way to go, mm-hmm. uh, we're pleased to see the trend is beginning to, so much more focused on diversity inclusion and people saying they feel a bit more included and seeing some changes in diversity. What's What's been your view, Abby, of 2022 on those? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Again, I think it's back to the leader. It's back to the, and that's why we need to, you know, you have organizations where this is a nice to do and you have organizations where actually we need to do this. This is a must do, right? Um, and again, it's back to the leadership. You know, so many people said that we're going to do this and that, you know, when the George Floyd thing happened, some people executed on it, some people did it, right? So again, it's back to the leadership. Is this real for you or is this perform- performative? Uh, and why does it matter um, to your clients, to your business and to your employees? Yeah, yeah, the performative is really interesting because I think I think people can kind of sniff that out now employees they're good at kind mm-hmm. of uh, something doesn't something's not right here right mm-hmm. you know this is a bit performative this is not transformative this yeah. is not gonna bring uh re- real real change um so uh, we've got eight minutes left before lucy's going to come back on and wrap things up and tell everyone how they can connect to you uh how they can get hold of your book but also how um just more generally find out more about what you're uh doing but um i'd just like to shift a little bit to 2020 uh, or finally to to 2023 so um, from from impulse perspective, we're going to be talking about, and actually we're going to bring out a, a, a little a paper about this uh, around the three C's. Back to your point, keep it clear, uh, keep it yes. alive. So we're we're going to talk about um, connection for 2023. That building connection. Actually, you just said it perfectly a moment ago about um, you know team leaders and, and organization leaders need to work more at building 
connection, which is a heart thing. It's an energy thing. It's an emotion yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. um, any thoughts on on that for you? Yes, build connections, not transactions. Oh, I'm stealing full, that. Full stop. <laughs> I, I sort of promised to quote you. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, and that's why that's how you build trust. That's how you get to know your team. That's how you know how to drive the best out of your people. Yeah, that is great. I hope everyone captured that great value bomb there from Abby. Build connections, not transactions. That's that just needs to be a mantra for the 2023. Just kind of get that in there because it it is so true that. Yeah, all, all, all team leaders and organizational leaders could be so transactional. Right, we're here. Come on, what are we doing? Let's get on yeah. with it. Yeah. The business of it, as opposed to let's build some connection. And uh, and actually, then when you do get to the stuff, the work, you flow and you get through it much quicker and Absolutely. faster. Absolutely. The acceleration is just yeah. amazing. And then you find out things that you wouldn't have found out if you didn't build that connection. Yeah, which leads me to, I have to ask you, sorry, this point. Uh, when we would talk beforehand and sort of prepping for the webinar, you talked about going from two to 25 million with an organization in terms of their turn or their revenue. Is that right? Correct. Yes. In two years. Over how many years was that? Two years. Two years going from two. I need you in my business. But come, <laughs> come, and, come and just talk to us about how did you, through leadership and focus on engagement, leadership and culture, how did you help take them from two to 25 million? Yeah. So it's it's pretty much three pillars, right? It's really vision values and culture clarity in terms of our vision what we're trying to achieve from a people perspective from a revenue perspective um you know from a culture perspective how do i co-create this with the organization how do we all rally behind that and get that clarity what it means as, as we hiring people as we retain people and so on right what is our language what is our vision and then the other piece is that leadership development right um in terms of competency coaching development plans right um know your leaders and your organization knowing that you care about not just them for now but their own development as well truly investing in them um and then all that that piece together helps towards um you know revenue growth right um because everybody has that clarity everyone rallies behind you know who we are what we're trying to achieve how we're going to celebrate how we're going to have fun um when we need to accelerate and when we can you know when we need to decelerate and so on so um those are the three pillars for success and then also um it comes back to the kind of people you hire surround yourself with not just people that are like you in fact people that are not like you people that bring different strengths to the table so that we, they can raise the bar mm -hmm. that's the magic um that a lot of people are missing because they're like oh i like this person or this person we're so similar no that should be a red flag for you actually yeah, yeah, yeah. if you find yourself gravitating to people that are similar that, um, um for you because that's the same information that is brought to the table, but somebody else who has a different cognitive diversity or comes, you know, with a different um, from a different walks of life will bring something different to the table that nobody else has thought about. Yeah. That's the secret to success. No, I love that. I mean, I've only ever had one experience where um, I realized I wasn't the right type. Uh, so I've only going to talk about once, which was um, at a rather large insurance company in London. And um, they were looking at me to, I was already doing some interim work and they wanted to bring me in full time. And I remember uh, the interview, the, the, basically the first question he asked was, so just remind me, sort of 60 plus year old man, he went, what university do you go to? And I went, Lancaster, and he went, ah, oh, shame. Because <laughs> they were very heavy on Oxbridge. And, uh, and one of them particular, I won't say which one, but basically one of them. And I, I wasn't that. And I went, well, yeah, Lancaster, you know, <laughs> it was, it's, I think it's, you know, top 20. escape for you. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm very pleased I didn't get there. So we've got a connection, um, and thank you for sharing that. Um, collaboration. So we're finding that the hybrid working, and again, for those listening, be interested, if you, you, I'm sure you found this, that whole hybrid working has been quite a challenge, um, along with workload, along with enablement. So we're putting that all under that collaboration, because how do you now in a hybrid world, how do we make sure our collaboration is not just as good as it maybe was when we're all in the office, but even better, Mm. Like make sure we've got the right tools that we need and how do we make sure that we're not overwhelmed with workload and we sort of call all that collaboration any, any thoughts on that for 23 yeah um i think it's just being agile and flexible to move with the times right you have you have some people who are ho holding on to the oh my god you need to be in the office but then you're losing talent that you know for them they they need to be at home but they're going to deliver their best work right so it's really having that flexibility again to tailor your strategy versus a one size fits all um focus on the goal but don't be too attached to how you get to the goal yeah 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 i really like that 
Um, and then in collaboration, the other piece I'll say is it's um, self-orientation. And what I mean by that is, you know, focusing on, you know, how do we all win together? What are your goals? What do I need to do in my department to facilitate that um, versus just me, 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 me? Um, that helps to enhance uh, collaboration. And then the last last thing I'd say there is, is compassion. You know, um, we talk a lot about empathy. Empathy is great, right? That's understanding, you know, where the person is coming from or trying to understand where the person is coming from. But compassion is goes to the next level it leaves space enough space between you and the person so that you can actually help mm. the yeah. person like yeah it's not right? just going, i understand your pain it's well let me help you in the pain exactly it's kind of like the the the, the post that you see on linkedin you have some people going oh yeah you know people are getting laid off or oh, this is sad but you have some people that are being proactive and intro introducing people to people and giving them references and so on right that's compassion and we need to move to that place of compassion Really like that. I'm, I'm going to, because we've got two minutes left. Thank you, everyone, for staying with us. It's fantastic. And I'd love to hear from Abby. The last one, by the way, is culture, uh, which we've covered quite well. So I'm not going to go into that. And that's about really bringing your values to life and making sure you put inclusion at the heart of that. Uh, and I think we've covered that quite well over the, the, the hour. But just with a couple of minutes left, and as Lucy begins to come back in, Abby, I'd love to know from you, is there anything you would recommend in terms of resources, books, anything that you've read or watched or listened yeah. to? You know, Everyone listening should really have a look at this. Um, so my favorite book, and I try to read it every year, is The Art of Happiness by Dyla Limer. And I love that book because it just really teaches you lessons for life and how to let go and how to show empathy and that compassion that we spoke about. Um, so that's number one. And my favorite podcast is Diary of a CEO. I just love how um, Stephen Bartlett challenges himself, challenges status quo and challenges people um, that comes to his platform. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really like that. I would say I've, I've really enjoyed listening to a lot of Eckhart Tolle lately, actually. Um, uh, and his um, the reminder in any leadership role to let go of ego. Yes. Um, and I think Dalai Lama, he, a lot of it is is, is from Buddhist teaching. Yes. Uh, is tapping into, but just mm -hmm. how much the ego gets in the way in organisations. Yes. We're not actually dealing so with the enemy. That's another book. Yes. Very good. Very good. So I love that. So, Abby, for me, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you for joining Really appreciated all that you brought today and, and, and the you. conversation we've had. And Lucy, I'll hand back, hand back to you. Yeah, thank you, both of you. Thank you so much. It was fascinating to listen to. We could have done another hour, I'm sure. There's so much uh, to get into. But thank you, everyone, for staying with us. Um, I will be sending out a follow-up email uh, tomorrow or Monday uh, once we've got the webinar edited. Um, so please keep an eye out for that. If you have any questions uh, following the session, please send them over. You'll all have my email address now. Um, I will be also sending Abby's details, how you can connect with her, what she can help organisations with, um, and where to get her book as well. So um, please keep an eye out for that. It is our last session of the year, so I hope everyone has a fantastic, probably well-deserved break, um, and we'll be uh, keeping you posted with our very exciting uh, webinar plan for 2023. So take care, everyone. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry if we Christmas. Don't speak. Goodbye.